0: Legend tales of a place where the booze flows freely and the stories are always entertaining. If you are bold enough to seek out such a place, head 13 miles down the Tuscan Highway to a tiny blues joint known as the Townsmith Tavern. Once there, <laughs> enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a U.A. production of Beer, Blues, and Bowl. Excuse me, excuse me, you can't say that. You're going to lose your family-friendly rating. You're going to corrupt the kids. B.S. A podcast that invites you to grab a cold beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. And here are your hosts, Howard Blues and the
1: Mark Kidder.
0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that's more exciting than a three-minute commercial chokehold. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the
1: Mark Kidder. Kidder, how are you doing tonight? Hey, buddy! I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I made it through another show. It was very tough without you here. Just have to say that. So, I'm um, really disappointed and uh, many points throughout the show. I felt like going, "Hey Jake, check out. Oh, he's not here." Damn. But I I held off as much as I could. So, uh, first question for you before we really get going what would be considered a commercial chokehold versus a uh, residential or industrial chokehold or perhaps a consumer chokehold
0: uh, you know i wasn't going uh, that way with it um a more of i think i should have said commercial break chokehold that would have been ah. the, that would have gotten the joke across um but uh as as well for, for those listening and if you're like Who is this other guy talking to the Mark Kidder and pretending to be Howard Blues? Uh, This is still Howard Blues, uh, but this is Howard Blues who spent the entire weekend uh, working at the uh, North Dakota West Region Boys Hockey Tournament as a PA announcer and has a very strained voice. It's also why uh, I did not get to see Elimination Chamber. I was too busy calling hockey uh, during this, and so that's why Kidder was doing this alone. Um, But in an episode that is coming out uh, in the future, uh, you'll get to hear my whole uh, tailing of working the game. And uh, in there, we talk about the mental gymnastics that kind of go into being an announcer and uh, why I am not quite fully with it as we go into this. Um, in fact, Kidder wasn't really looking forward to talking Elimination chamber, so um, allow me to try and make this more <laughs> exciting and interesting for
1: people. There. <laughs> Party light. I think you need to keep that on the entire show. <laughs> what what while you're while you're discoing infernoing, what uh what's on tap for you there brother? Uh what's on tap? I'm I, I'm
0: I am using some uh vocal lubrication to steal your term to try and keep myself uh able to talk. Uh but I I have a very simple one here kidder. I have an ace pineapple uh craft cider. Mm. Um yeah uh if you guys uh just to give a little bit on it it is the world's original pineapple cider often imitated but never surpassed we marry pineapple and apple juice and ferment to make a thirst quenching cider that's deliciously refreshing any time of the year um really good one of my favorite ciders um it's 5% alcohol by volume um And, uh, hey, for those who really care, it is gluten-free. It is vegan. There is no sugar added. It's basically a good time in a bottle. So let me just uh, crack that open. And, uh, oh, yeah, smell that pineapple-y goodness. Mm, This is going to be good. That's refreshing and delicious. So that's what I got, Kidder.
1: Uh, for what's on tap tonight as we talk wrestling. How about you? What are you drinking this evening? That uh, that is one of one of my favorite alcoholic beverages right there. Uh, di- happened to discover that on a hockey trip down in Phoenix and found that on tap. <sighs> so good. So, so, hmm. so good. So I could also <clears throat> join you with the ace pineapple ale. I have the canned variety right here. There's the, the pineapple for you. Um, I might say that mine actually has tasting notes. Look at all these tasting notes on on the, the can. That's that's a lot of read. I'm going to save it for it because I know this isn't one of our regular episodes. It's a special episode going over wrestling, so I don't want to waste a lot of time on this. <clears throat> so I will grab... Well, since the uh, Avalanche won today, how about it being Mountain Time? Again, this is the New Belgium Brewing Company. It is a premium lager, a crushable lager, as uh, they like to say. Cold, refreshing as snowmelt in spring. Mountain Time lager is brewed with only the finest ingredients by New Belgium Brewing Certified B Corp and Colorado Craft Beer Icon. This guy made right here in Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, it's 12 fluid ounces, 4.4% alcohol per volume, and only 130 calories in this thing, 10 grams carbohydrates, 1 gram of protein in this, and of course the uh, all-important Ball Corporation right on the back. There it is, nice, nice and crisp and in focus. So go so pop this baby open. <clears throat> so I know that you're partying over there. Ah, yes. It smells so good. I love this lager. Mm. All right. You know,
0: kidder, I, I, I noticed on the can that it's a premium lager. And uh, you and I have often said that not everything that is got the word premium on it is premium. Like there are some beers that claim to be premium and are not. There are premium live events, which may not always be premium. But you know what is always premium, Kidder? This
1: show? Or could it be something else along these lines? Could it be? Could it be something else? I'm I'm really pondering this. Could it be something else? Jaco, could it be? Why, it's
0: none other than the... Beer Blues and BS premium t-shirt.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That is a quality premium t-shirt that you got there, Jaco. Yes, yes. Bought solely for when we review wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm. A premium t-shirt for a live premium event.
1: One is far yeah. better than the other. <clears throat> and and this uh, is definitely one of the live premium events that uh, <clears throat> that you get through the WWE on Peacock which is no longer WWE Network. So, without further ado, it is time for Elimination Chamber. And for the first time on the 20th anniversary of Elimination Chamber, the Chamber goes international. So, Uh, how about we start this thing? Uh, first of all, as we talked about before we went on, this is going to be a little bit different because Howie Blues has not seen this show. Howie Blues really doesn't know a lot about the show. I sent him uh, the match lineup and that's it. Uh, a couple, uh, of the match photos I sent him, but. No insight to this, no spoilers, nothing. He's going into this as if we are watching the show right now. So you on the uh, other end of the speaker or video screen get to experience Howard's reaction in real time as if we were watching the show together. So Howard Blues.
0: I was just going to add, because I was at the arena all
1: day, I also did not make my
0: predictions. And since I have avoided all spoilers, uh, Kidder is going to introduce the match, and I will have to take and put my best guess on it before he tells me uh, what happens. So you will get to see
1: probably Howard fail in real time. So enjoy. (laughs) Yep, this this, uh, should be a good one. So for the thousands and thousands of people not watching around the world and the millions of people not listening to us around the world. I have one question for you. Are you ready? How about now?
0: I, I I thought about starting the next line of the DX song, but uh, (laughs) I'm trying to
1: save the voice, break the camera down. (laughs) <laughs> get get a premium t-shirt at beerbluesbs.com. There it is. Well, oh, he showed it off. He did one of these. But. Yeah. All right. So the pay-per-view starts. It is WWE Elimination Chamber at 11 a.m. in the central time zone because it is coming to you live from Saudi Arabia. I do say the intro was pretty good because my favorite part of any of the pay-per-views aside from my favorite wrestlers winning or having good matches is the show open because I judge the entire pay-per-view off of the first three minutes of the show is the show open good is there pyro how much pyro is there who's at the commentary desk do they show the Spanish announce desk Things like this. These are very important things that I judge the entire pay-per-view on. Sorry, live premium event. This is going to take a long time to get out. So, number one, the show opened pretty good. The outside camera angles, pretty sweet. I think they had a, a couple drones that were uh, connected outside, and then were able to get the you know live extra feeds of the arena. Uh, so, number one, the show opened good. Number two, lots of pyro. Uh, number three, which I forgot to mention in that whole uh, beginning spiel, is the set. I also judge the set because from back in our day, they used to come up with special sets for each pay-per-view to make them look different and make it actually special. Well, at least this one, they made it look different and uh, it was pretty good. Excuse me there. So uh, that's number three. And then number four, uh, all the pyro. So there was pyro inside and outside. They got the shot and some pretty sweet lighting. I should also mention that I judge them on the graphics. And the graphics were pretty good for this. So the first match on the card. Again, this one. Are you ready? I ask you. Are you ready? Because I got to get my notes. It's Roman Reigns and Goldberg. For this match, I chose... Got to go down my list here. Roman Reigns to retain the WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns going into... Uh, Today's show with over 530 some days and now being the longest reigning champion in uh, the past 35 years in WWE. And there's only a couple others who have uh, longer title reigns than he does. And I believe Bruno Sammartino is one of them. So with this one, Howie Blues, how say you of the outcome? What's your prediction? Well, I
0: uh, I did hear in some commentary back when uh, Goldberg was first announced to be challenging Roman Reigns that this is the last match that was in his current contract. So after this match, his contract was done. Now, that doesn't mean that he couldn't re uh, renew, add more matches, work out some deal like that. Um, especially because you're going towards mania. So you could build towards something, but I, I'm just going to use that as my, uh, my one like reason to pick something. And I think it's going to be Roman reigns, uh, retaining the
1: title over Goldberg. All right. So, uh, with this, uh, as we start off the show, interesting fact, again, Roman reigns comes out first, the champion, comes out first right at the top of the show and they have that stupid augmented reality cheap version of Roman Reigns screaming and the fake lasers like I hate that get rid of that stupid thing Um, so he comes out and uh, runs his mouth a little bit and then Goldberg comes out and they start the match now this one uh, had a little bit of back and forth and uh, you know it did have all right, action. You know, it is a Goldberg match. So, are you expecting the best technical wrestling? No. <laughs> and uh, I should say that also goes for Roman Reigns. So, there is that. So, basically, Goldberg comes out and he's powering through, hits a couple spears, and uh, makes it look like he's going to win. In fact, uh, you know, has a couple close pinfalls, but Reigns kicks out all the time there. Uh, essentially, Real close to Goldberg picking up the victory here. Kicks out at two. Roman grabs Goldberg, flips him over on the mat, puts him in the guillotine, puts Goldberg to sleep with his career and wins by submission. So your first match of the night. Not that long either. Uh, I didn't pull up the... Hard to see how long the uh, match was. So, your thoughts on the two cent breakdown of that match? Um, yeah, you know, honestly, this
0: was not a uh, a match that uh, I was really sold on. Um, I you know I, I like Goldberg just fine, but the problem with anyone who's a part timer is especially when they're coming in and it's, they have a title shot. It's, it's always just so hard to believe, oh, you're going to continue on. You're, you're going to win the title and be around for a while. That it, it almost makes these a bit predictable. Um, Truthfully, I think that this was just one of those, like, you know, I I know uh, the first crown jewel that they did, Saudi Arabia had all of these, like, We want you to bring this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Um, And I kind of feel like they just kind of were like, "Well, we're going back to Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Get Goldberg out, you know." (laughs) You know, uh, yeah. So this doesn't surprise me. This was just really a filler match. I mean, it helps build Reigns as this unbeatable monster, uh, which will hopefully mean something when he finally loses. But
1: I don't know when that's happening and to who that would happen. Um, Such. Maybe they'll call up the rock. That'll be the WrestleMania match. No, just kidding because he's already facing somebody else. Right. Remember Brock Lesnar? (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: That. And the, the rumor that I heard was that the rock passed on this WrestleMania in Texas because the next WrestleMania is in Los Angeles and mm. that is where he wants to come back at that. That is, is a Rock horror. goes Hollywood again. <laughs> uh well, I mean it makes sense. I mean the Rock was at the Super Bowl. So yeah. And that was in LA. So I think he's I mean it makes sense, you know.
1: yep In a way. So uh again with this for the uh, WWE Universal Champion Uh, technical submission uh, victory there. And that match was six minutes exactly. So Mm. there's that moving on. uh, Let's back up a little bit uh, just because uh, I didn't wake up in time to catch the (coughs) (laughs) pre-show. I mean, I could have been awake, I guess, but I didn't. So uh, when I found out that uh, the other, this match was on the kickoff show was, midway through the actual live premium event. So on the kickoff show, it was the Miz versus Ray Mysterio. So again, I didn't actually see the entire match. I just saw the video package with the highlights on it. So it included a, a, uh, first of all, well, uh, how about we do this? Your prediction, Miz or Mysterio. Forget that we haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, sorry. Right. Um, truthfully, as I think about it, I'd like to see the Miz get it. Cause I think the Miz needs a win. Cause he's basically been losing to edge. Um, and truthfully, I think the Miz, I, I know a lot of people are down on the Miz, but I do think he's got enough talent to be higher up on the card than he, he is, you know, Is he necessarily going to be like a top-drawing talent that's going to put butts in seats like a Roman Reigns? No. Is he somebody who could contest for those titles and and be part of a champion's belt? Sure. Uh, He doesn't get that opportunity often enough. Um, But that said, especially being in Saudi Arabia, I think it's got to be Mysterio.
1: I also picked Rey Mysterio because Mysterio has had quite a few more losses recently than The Miz, uh, especially at the pay-per-views both and the shows. I mean, singles and uh, tag team matches have had a lot of uh, losses there. So I picked Mysterio. Now, again, this is from the quick highlight package, and it included uh, Mysterio with the roll-up. Pin, uh, after however long the uh, match was, which I'll tell you in a second because I have that information. But, uh, also within the highlights, there, uh, uh, Dominic Mysterio was out there as well, and they did a duo 619 on the Miz in the ropes. And after the video package played, they went to the back, and, uh, what's his name? One of the interview guys. Uh, I can't remember. I think he's from Scotland or something. But he starts talking and introducing the Miz. And, of course, the Miz first puts the hand up. And I think his name's Kevin. So Kevin stops talking. And Miz goes, you know what that means? And Kevin's like, "Uh, no. like, you should know what that means. He's like, "I, I don't. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. Okay, I did I didn't know that. My hand is up. Yeah, but I need to ask you a question. Like Okay. <laughs> Just bizarre moment right in the middle cuz so it was kind of funny but at the same time how many people actually got that? So, basically the the Miz was pissed because he's been losing. He needs a tag partner this and that. He's like, "Hmm." Woo. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. Felt like my sinuses got RKO'd for a second. Okay. So again, the video package plays, interviews there. Miz is complaining during the interview. He's like, I need to find a tag partner. Somebody who looks good as I do, wrestles as well as I do, this and that. And, uh, Yeah. just another day of the planet trying to kill me here. Uh, so again, he says he needs to find somebody who can be his tag partner, who can look as good as him wrestle as well as he can and do everything that he can. And he has someone in mind. And then he left to make a call,
0: uh, for the audience, kidder had to mute his, his allergies were trying to kill him. This, uh, Allow me to just insert some commentary of my thoughts during this. You know, the Miz wouldn't need to go and find a partner if they would have just kept John Morrison on staff and hadn't kicked him off the roster. You know, he was a good hand, he was talented, and you know what, it would have been great in situations like this. But who is the Mrs. Mystery Partner? I am sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for Kidder to finally over these allergies and tell me who was
1: the Mrs. partner. <laughs> uh, nobody because he had to go make a call. Mm. And so that information was not revealed. <sighs> yeah, very, very very good high quality storytelling. And uh, I was I was gonna try and uh, look up uh, the rumor, Again, on who that person will be, but you know what? I don't care that much, so we'll just leave that part in suspense. The match, by the way, uh Rey Mysterio with Dominic being on the, uh, the ring there was a, th- a pinfall in a singles match, and it was 9 minutes, 15 seconds. And again, I picked Mysterio, so there we go. Each of us get a point. So let's go back into the actual show. The second match on the show is the women's elimination chamber match. Right after they promoted the men's elimination chamber. So I was slightly confused because they showed all the men's uh, graphics and whatnot. And then, oh, it's time for the women's match. Your hand is up. Yeah,
0: I. Uh, sorry, I, I did some Google searching. The Mrs., uh mystery partner is rumored to be none other than former Vine star, now YouTube star, uh, Logan Paul, uh, who has appeared at WrestleMania before, and I believe uh, the exact words out of Kidder's mouth last time was, who the hell is that?
1: I was going to say those exact words again but I'm glad that she said it for me. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. So again, uh, Women's Elimination Chamber, second match on the card this evening. Uh, one interesting fact about this show, uh, or this match on this show, I found out that Alexa Bliss was on the card by, or in this match, by looking at the online card. I was like, She's back. She's going to wrestle. I didn't think she was going to wrestle for another couple weeks. (laughs) Well, nope. She's in this match. Okay. Uh, I did not see any info on her return, any spoilers or anything like that. There really wasn't anything posted anywhere in the promotional materials that she was going to be in the show. So, Bianca is out first, does her entrance, and she won the gauntlet match on Raw which uh, made her be the last contestant to be released within the match. So she was put in a pod and you get to sit and wait <clears throat> do drops music because she came out uh, second for the entrances here. It reminds me of her wrestling do 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 like poo, poo, poo. Yeah, terrible uh, then. Uh, Alexa Bliss came out. She still has that same dumb music and gimmick that she had before she left. (sighs) I thought the therapy sessions would cleanse us of all of that garbage, but she still has that. So hopefully in the next month, we can get rid of that. As she's uh, walking to the ring, Michael Cole made mention that apparently they talked about it on Raw that she was going to be in this match. And I'm like, well, either I uh, just didn't see it or... I fell asleep during that portion. Uh, interesting thing there is in the pod that she was going to, there was a swing waiting for her in the pod. So they closed the door and she was able to sit down on the swing and smile and be creepy. Then uh, basically, let's see who who else was in, in this match. There were a couple other people. Uh, Liv Morgan was in there, Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. So, who did you pick to win this women's Elimination Chamber match to go on to face the Raw Women's Champion at WrestleMania? You know, um,
0: I'm torn really between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, um, mostly because I think those are the two talent uh, listed in here. Uh, especially since Alexa Bliss still has the weird gimmick. Um, but I think Ripley and Air are the two that you want to see face Becky Lynch on the big stage. They kind of have done Belair and Lynch. I don't know that they ever really s- resolved that storyline. So I could see them playing on that history. Ripley would be at least somebody... Different and interesting, but I think it's going to be Bel Air. As I'm talking about it, I, I think it's got to be Bel
1: So my pick was Becky Lynch on this one. Wait, wait, or, wait, wait. Or, no, that that was later. Alexa Bliss. Hold oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at my list, and, and they would face Becky Lynch at uh, WrestleMania. The winner of this match. So my pick was Bliss, and. I picked this, you know, at the beginning uh, or beginning of the show, right before the show, and uh, my thoughts on it were: she's coming back, and she'll be hopefully in the you know main event picture to actually give something for the women's division to do. Because again, like you mentioned, <clears throat> Bianca Belair already had her moment last year. Whatever. So, as we start this match. As I switch over to my notes once <clears throat> again. Uh, let's see. Basically, there was the standard Nikki uh ASH Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley uh fallout, them calling each other out and fighting back and forth, and then there was some climbing up onto the cage and <clears throat> You know, they did a couple spots off of there. Nobody really was eliminated right away until uh, basically Bianca and Alexa Bliss were were added into the match. And then uh, they got, uh, you know, again, some more of this filler match. Until Bianca was released. Good, and she was the last one to be released. Bianca basically wipes the ring with everyone. And uh, she and Alexa Bliss are the final two remaining in this match. Uh, There are a few Alexa Bliss roll-ups. Bianca uh, hits the KOD, the kiss of death. On Alexa Bliss, gets the pin. She is on to WrestleMania to face the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. so there was that one this match by the way was 15 minutes 45 seconds so it 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 was okay i i don't know not the result that i wanted obviously and even the people in it eh whatever but they don't really have a giant roster to pull people from so <laughs> is how it is and they,
0: and they haven't really built stars right you know i mean which is sad because they have shown a, a fairly successful track record of building uh some women's stars when you consider charlotte becky bailey sasha uh ria ripley another one bianca Belair. air uh, I mean they've done some nice work with some of those. Um I, but but when you you then look at it, it's the same problem that we uh had with like the men's royal rumble, right? When you look and you see, gosh, here's who's involved, you look at it and you go, Well, they're not gonna have Nikki ASH win. They're not going to have Dewdrop win. Cause that's just not main of ev- or not well, main event, just not WrestleMania. Caliber and uh, it just makes it kind of easy to, to look at this. And as I said, well, I mean, everybody watched me do it live here as I, you know, went between the two who I thought could
1: put butts in seats and, and such. So, yeah, so to give you a, a quick breakdown on the match flow here for this uh, elimination chamber, the first entrant, Nikki. Cross Nikki A.S.H. She was eliminated by Rhea Ripley after six minutes, 20 seconds. The number two elimination was Dewdrop. Dewdrop was the third entrant. She was eliminated by Liv Morgan after eight minutes, 50 seconds. The number three elimination was Liv Morgan by Alexa Bliss. After 12 minutes, 10 seconds. The number four elimination was Rhea Ripley, eliminated by Bianca Belair after 12 minutes 45 seconds, and Alexa Bliss eliminated by Bianca Belair after 15 minutes 45 seconds. So, again, there you go. Uh, the entrance in that order of being eliminated one, three, two, four, five, six. And uh, I believe. I can't remember if I sent you or if that's for the men's match. Let me No, I wrote it in my notes for the men's match. Uh, I don't know if they included the statistic between both elimination chambers as in the men's and the women's or if it's just for the men's. But Michael Cole made certain to mention that if you start in the one or two spot, you have less than 12% chance of winning the match. So there's that. All right. Uh, Final thoughts on that from what you heard. Nothing. Uh, Sounds like a match. I was okay that I missed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one on the card. This one, Ronda Rousey and Naomi facing Sonya Deville and Charlotte Flair. I really think this one is a filler to bypass charlotte to wrestlemania because it's a tag match so it doesn't really put the smackdown women's championship in any sort of peril at all Uh, but again with ronda rousey already announcing that she will face charlotte at wrestlemania it's a filler to get the two of them there without any changes, I feel. Uh, So leading into this one, I believe that Ronda Rousey and Naomi will come out victorious in this match. The stipulation as well, if I didn't mention that is that uh, one of Ronda Rousey's arms will be tied behind her back. In this because. Correct, in the match, this match, because Sonya Deville has been carrying around a sling, or her arm in a sling. Hmm. So thinking about
0: this, odds are that if Rousey is back and back for a good chunk, you're going to want her to win Mania. And you want to keep her strong. And they actually booked her strong. She was undefeated until her loss at WrestleMania. But this is a tag match. You have people who could take the pin that aren't Rousey. So you could deal her a loss without weakening her position. Um, mm, mm, mm. I... My gut instinct says to say, you know, that they allowed Charlotte to get the win here, but uh, I'll pick
1: Rousey. Okay. I do want to mention at the contract signing on the uh, episode of Smackdown from Friday night that was recorded a week ago, because uh, obviously last night everyone was in Saudi Arabia already preparing for the show today. Um, there there was the contract signing and an absolute terrible, terrible botch on the contract signing because Rhonda was supposed to grab Charlotte's face and shove her into the table. So she bounces off and then the two of them flip over the table on top of Sonia and Charlotte. So there's a, a fan video. I'll see if I can uh, share it there so we can have it here in a full screen. But uh, (laughs) Charlotte didn't really work with her and it looked terrible from the crowd angle. So that aside, here we go. Uh, Rhonda is the final person to enter the arena in the uh, entrance there. And she's dressed in her either judo or karate uh, apparel, if you will, because she is a, black belt in something judo many or many different things (laughs) aside from just judo who knows but anyway she comes out with the black belt and everything and uh no scary makeup none of the crazy like blacked out raccoon looking makeup she she had like no makeup on or just basic makeup so an interesting start right away and again, uh, the official ties Ronda's arm behind her. And then right before the, the official is going to uh, ring the bell, Sony goes, hold on, hold on, hold on, because she was uh, the first in the ring. And guess what? She pulls the sling off her arm. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm like, yeah, I didn't didn't see that coming at all. <clears throat> so they ring the bell and yeah, back and forth. Back and forth. Uh, Charlotte tries to enter and they, you know, do a little mind games back and forth about that as well to try and tease the audience and to, you know, get in the mind of each other. Uh, Long and short of this one, uh, Naomi had some pretty sweet spots in there jumping around like she usually does from whether it's the turnbuckle or off the ropes and whatnot, but Rhonda uh, is, well, let's see. So uh, again, they they were going back and forth. Charlotte ends up beating Rhonda a little bit, tags Sonia in. Sonia comes in and uh, tries to do a little bit of an offensive move. Rhonda gets a counter, rolls her over into an arm bar that's applied with her legs and one arm and Sonia taps. So that one. Ronda Rousey and Naomi picking up the victory by submission over Charlotte and Sonya Deville. That match was nine minutes fifteen seconds.
0: Okay. I know so it's uh, very
1: hard. What's that?
0: So R- Rousey, sorry, I tuned out. I was actually trying to find out. Uh, I was sorry. I put on my statistician hat. Uh, when you were talking about it, uh, Ronda Rousey is judo is what she trained in and competed in the Olympics. And uh, so I was looking that up and I was trying to see uh, she did practice uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, with the Gracies, but I, I didn't get her rank. But because of that, I missed out on who won the match.
1: <laughs> oh, so. so well, sure. <laughs> it looked like he had something to say. You got something to say. No, ah, I was
0: just yeah. I was waiting to hopefully have you just go, yeah, Rousey and Naomi or Charlotte and DeVille. Just yeah.
1: It is Ronda Rousey and Sony De- uh Sony DeVille lost there. Those were the two final people. Rousey gets the uh submission there with the tap from Sonya. So again, <clears throat> in case you uh, missed it the other time there. Rhonda and Naomi get the victory by submission in nine minutes, 15 seconds. So it was all right. It was all right. And again, like I mentioned, uh, I think that it was a filler match for Rhonda and Charlotte, but it was also a way to add in Naomi and Sonya because of their current storyline and how they inter intertwined the four of them now a little bit, but uh, it's still, Charlotte and Rhonda at WrestleMania. So there's that. Okay, next one. Drew McIntyre, Madcap Moss. <clears throat> when I uh, was giving the misses the ability to uh, pick these, she got to this match and said, who's Madcap Moss? And I was like, she's, he's, she, he's the one that's paired up with Baron Corbin. Oh, that guy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So this one uh, should be interesting because it's a no DQ, no count out, uh, no rules, falls count anywhere match. So the largest concrete dome on the planet you can go anywhere, and in the promo on SmackDown, McIntyre is talking about grabbing Mad Cat Moss and burying him in the sand in the desert, or drowning him in the Red Sea, or burning him. Whatever the case, like he wanted to murder Mad Cat Moss. I think there's some issues there that need to be dealt with. That's the number one thing. Number two, my pick: Drew McIntyre on this match. So. Howie Blues. Uh, I'm not even going to spend much time
0: talking about this. It's definitely got to be McIntyre. You're not going to have him on his return. Blues to some guy named Madcap Moss.
1: Yeah, and this uh, again is after he was at Rumble, but uh, day one at the beginning of the year is when He had that uh, quote-unquote potentially career-ending injury when Corbin and Madcap Moss put the chair across his neck and then grabbed the oh-so-heavy piece of aluminum scaffolding and bashed it across his face, which was a cover because McIntyre needed some surgery and a quick procedure done. So there is that. Anyway, Madcap Moss comes out. His music that's playing... I'm like, this sounds familiar to me. It sounded like the show music that they played for the old ECW night show gimmick with Abraham Washington and Tony Atlas, you know, the Abraham Washington show with Tony Atlas going. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you remember that one there, Jake. No, but that was a pretty good Tony Atlas. Pressure. hey thanks thanks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with with the quality of wwe writing and storylines right now i would welcome them to bring back tony atlas and and abraham washington to fill 10 minutes of these stupid three-hour shows so anyway it, it sounded corny like that so michael cole in the middle of uh Madcap Moss's entrance actually calls out Corey Graves for the uh, DM. Did did you hear about this the other day there, Jaco? Apparently, Corey Graves sent his boss a DM. I don't know why this is news, but I'm thinking that he was supposed to be sending a message to Carmella or something. And instead of sending it there, he sent it to, I think, Michael Cole or somebody else. I don't know. I don't know who I don't know who Corey Graves' boss is, but apparently his supervisor got this. So Michael Cole, as Madcap Moss is coming out, says, "Hey, last night I didn't I didn't get a lovey-dovey text from you." And of course Corey Graves goes, "Shut up, Cole." And then Byron Saxton chimes in right away. Hey Graves, you want to explain that? <laughs> Graves just says negative ghost rider and they all just kind of move along like nothing happened. I'm like Okay. We're doing this, I guess. So, anyway, Corbin came out with Madcap Moss and uh, you know, they're buddy to buddy. Buddy buddy and everything. McIntyre comes out, has the sword. There's fire shooting out of the post. There's fire shooting out of his ass. There's fire shooting out of the, the Titan Tron fire shooting out of everywhere. And we get to the match back and forth. And of course, right away, Corbin gets involved and it's basically a handicap match two on one, but, uh, McIntyre keeps fighting through essentially the only thing they did in this go anywhere do anything no rules match they went up the ramp mad uh madcap moss got uh, thrown into the led board which the led board then went glitching because you know that's what happens when they get hit and well they they went back to the ring and uh, kept doing their little fighting and whatnot so Basically, uh, they then got out of the ring again. McIntyre gets put through one of the barricades, you know, that side barricade by the timekeeper's area that always gets demolished. They should reinforce that. Uh, Two count right there because uh, they tried to pin McIntyre, and of course, McIntyre kicks out there. So again, they get back into the ring. Now, uh, this part was was pretty interesting because Madcap Moss, a little bit of offense, McIntyre grabs him, throws him in an Alabama slam, which is, of course, over the top, and Madcap Moss comes down on his head and his head goes like this and then he falls down like a, like a bag of potatoes and everybody's like good lord is he dead but he kept fighting through the rest of it and i'm i mean it legitimately looked like he got hurt so we'll see if he's got uh, some kind of an injury in the next couple of weeks, or some kind of medical issues. But anyway, he keeps going through the match. <clears throat> Corbin tries to sneak up on McIntyre as McIntyre is over at the corner turnbuckle, getting ready to do the three three, two, one uh Claymore kick. And he has that you know intuition that Corbin's sneaking up on him, so he reaches into the turnbuckle and pulls out the sword which apparently the sword is named Angela. I, I, I don't know. Pulls out Angela, turns around, and and Corbin's like, ah, freaks out, runs away. McIntyre <laughs> comes over, as in, like, runs over, and does the Claymore kick on Madcap Moss while holding the damn sword in his hand. And I'm like... Remember when they told you not to run with scissors? I think this is a prime example of something that you shouldn't do. Giant, you know, four-foot sword. Just thinking. But anyway, uh, Blast's Mad Cat Moss finally gets the victory on this. So McIntyre, again, uh, by pinfall, picks up the win. This match was an overly long nine minutes of my life. Much like this whole description that I went through. Your reaction? Hmm. Uh,
0: one, not surprised. Two, Angela, worst name for a sword ever. Uh, and uh, three, on the crazy Corey Craves text thing, uh, him and Carmella apparently have a new reality TV show that's going to be on the WWE uh, YouTube channel, and they're promising plenty of nudity.
1: And that's all I got. <laughs> See, if we tried to promise that on this show, nobody would watch. I mean, nobody watches now, but then nobody would really watch. <laughs> and and you and I don't need that in our lives. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Just declare. Uh, well, I, I'm going to look while you're finishing your <clears throat> your um, thoughts, shall we say, on this match. Um. I don't really have much uh, thoughts. I mean, I can try and stall Kidder as
0: best I can, but uh, this is one of those... This is one of those... when You sent me the card, and I was reading through it uh, quickly during one of the breaks in hockey. I just... I, I got to that match. And I'm like, McIntyre, and scrolled on. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's nothing that makes that match interesting. Just not. You have somebody who is up here on the card facing somebody down here on the card. There's, there's no point for this match,
1: except mm, we got to fill out the show. Yeah. And the reason I I thank you for uh, that extra bit of insight, From the brain of Howard Blues. But uh, I just wanted to double check. And pull a page out of your statistician book there. To confirm the sword's name. Because as I was thinking. It could have been Angelica. Like you know. The uh, trombone Francesca. Uh, But no. It is Angela. Not Angelica. Or Angel. Or Angelina. Or anything. It is just Angela apparently it, it's named after his mother so I, I get it but a sword named Angela <laughs> mm. at, at, yeah as a guy who reads a lot of
0: fantasy and with magical swords and things like that still worst name for a sword ever and uh, I mean that includes such classics as you know like Lord of the Rings, you had Frodo's sting uh, Game of Thrones, you had Arya's uh, needle or Oathkeeper I mean, there's been a lot of great sword names. Angela not one of them
1: not even, one of them even name it something Scottish, right? some kind of Scottish lore I'm sure there's plenty of that
0: out there oh yeah I mean, you could uh, you could name it after a demon and, uh, you know, name it Balor. Or you could name it after the hero who slayed the demon, you know, like Finn.
1: Hmm. Lots of blinking on that one. Mm-hmm. Don't know what you're saying. <sighs> so that match was, uh, like I said, nine minutes too long. <clears throat> Let's move along on this show because WWE did. Now it was time for the WWE Raw Women's Championship match. And this match features Hall of Famer Lita and WWE Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch. Your choice on this one, Howard Blues. Because we already Um, know because I mentioned it like 10 minutes ago that I chose Becky Lynch. Uh, I think it's got to be Becky Lynch. Um,
0: I, I I, think this is the uh, female version of Reigns v. Goldberg. You're not putting the belt on Lita, especially not in Saudi Arabia. If you were going to put the belt on Lita, you would do it at Mania, where you have, you know. 50 some thousand people in attendance. I say that uh, at this current time where they're only at like 30,000 tickets sold oh. but still I mean you would you would do it there you know you'd give Lita the WrestleMania moment. you wouldn't do it in Saudi Arabia because what is that set up for you know mania? It'd be Lita versus in this case. Bianca Belair? Yeah, maybe. I don't think it has as much history as uh, Lynch Belair. So, going Lynch.
1: And just for reference, a couple things. Number one, the Jetta Superdome, which is where this event was held. And again, it is the largest uh, concrete dome on the planet. It hosts uh, 35,000 seats. In there, so not as large as the WrestleMania venues that we have seen, but it did look like it was absolutely packed from the shows. Uh, the other number two piece again, talking about WrestleMania, and you mentioned, uh, you know, tickets being sold, the Hall of Fame ceremony is being paired with SmackDown for Friday night. Now, so you buy a ticket for SmackDown and you get into the Hall of Fame for free. Wait, wait. Hall of Fame ceremony. Oh, shocks, Kitter! I thought I thought you and I yep. were
0: going to get into the because I'd buy a ticket just to say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, Kidder and Howard, Beer Blues and BS, now part of the WWE
1: Celebrity Wing of you know Hall of Fame. <laughs> we're Hall of Famers on our own right. The the uh, celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame cannot contain the two of us. Let's just put it that way.
0: I'm just gonna <laughs> like it on the plaque where it lists our achievements. Bought tickets to
1: SmackDown. <laughs> Got in for free. <laughs> Got into the Hall of Fame for free. Yeah. So it's a they're they're even promoting it as like a buy one get one event. You buy a ticket for SmackDown, you get into the Hall of Fame ceremony for free. After I'm like, hmm, all right. I uh, kind of like this idea of uh, still doing it the Saturday night, you know, show. But obviously, they're doing the live premium event Saturday and Sunday for WrestleMania. So, oh, the premium T-shirt you can get yours now at beerbluesbs.com. Howard, say something. You're glowing. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I
0: could. Then I lose the smile, but I'll do it again.
1: There. There you go. Oh. I was going to see how long you could hold that. A uh, good promo shot for the uh, Beer Blues BS merch store at beerbluesbs.com. Uh, I could
0: have held that for quite a while, I'm, but I, but I eventually would like to go to bed. Um, Howard's mental capacity is dwindling constantly at this point and I'm almost out of beer
1: well we might have to do a round two but uh, we're almost done with the show basically so I wouldn't want you to waste any beer I know you wouldn't (laughs) um so this one again Lita and uh, Becky Lynch okay this is the first match the singles match that Lita has wrestled in 16 years. And as you mentioned, the throwback of having, you know, Hall of Famer or uh, a legend like Lita come back and wrestle this one-off or two-off match uh, c- a series. The difference I would say is that Lita can actually still wrestle. Uh, and Goldberg never really could. So with this one, It was a really good match, and by that, it was a lot of back and forth. There were a lot of good moves, quick action. It wasn't a slow Goldberg-type match where they're trying to figure out what to do and how to have Goldberg help you do the next move to make it look decent. Uh, Lita was doing some of her sweet old-school vintage moves. Uh, like every one of her classic moves. So uh, the audience there in Jeddah, and I suppose we did as well on the live premium event, were treated to a new age clinic of Lita wrestling. Uh, One point toward the end of the match, Lita hit a sweet moonsault from the top of the turnbuckle, where, you know, of course, she would normally do back in the day. And then a very close near fall, (coughs) Uh, also, a couple different pins that Becky tried to get throughout the match. Did the classic right near the ropes and trying to grab on to the ropes to help torque uh, and keep the uh, torque that is for the shoulders down and get the pinfall. But the officials caught that and everything. So, uh, again, that moonsault, Lita did that perfectly executed. One, two. Quick rollover. They get up. Becky Lynch grabs Lita. Alabama slam or the man handle slam? No, that's a different one. The Alabama Bam man man slam. I don't know. They. I think they came up with some stupid name for it. It was like an Alabama slam, and uh, Becky Lynch was able to one two three pick up the victory there. Uh, I had also heard that. Lita had uh, one match on her contract list, and this was uh, it. So that match was twelve minutes fifteen seconds. So again, like I said, they they had a a good match, and it didn't seem that long, which was nice. You know, it didn't drag on. So good match there, and the two of them their uh, match promo. Photo was the first women's, uh, they were the first women to be featured on a billboard across Saudi Arabia. So good on them. I liked it. Next piece on the lineup a couple commercials. A thing I noticed is every single entrance segment before every freaking match. There's a DraftKings promo on the screen. Join now, code WWE, and blah, blah, blah. $100,000, blah, 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 DraftKings. And I think they might have even had a commercial or two for DraftKings and join now, and you can win whatever, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, ah, there must be a DraftKings screwy finish coming up at some point, because it was on every, every match up to this point then there's a sweet undertaker hall of fame promo it uh first played on smackdown yesterday and then of course they played it again today at the live premium event i say it's sweet because it features a bunch of video and photos from undertaker's uh career so lots of old stuff and new stuff Uh, the other reason you know it's promoting him being the first inductee into the 2022 wwe hall of fame class and number three it features metallica sad but true ah, yeah so it's a good promo and uh they mixed it up uh in fact i think it's like five and a half minute <laughs> promo so we'll see it again i'm pretty sure for uh wrestlemania because they have two nights to fill so why wouldn't they next up it's the Tag Team Contest for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This one is the uh, challengers here. Viking Raiders versus the Usos. Viking Raiders start entering the uh, arena here, and they make it down to the end of the ramp. Before I go any farther, Howie Blues, who do you pick? in this one, because I picked the Usos to retain. um,
0: It's got to be the Usos. It can't be the, you know, Viking experience. <laughs> or, no, wait, that's what these guys are. Well, they're the War Raiders? No, it's not. They're not that either. Um,
1: Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> going to go with the Usos. Especially because we don't know which name they're running under at uh, this point either. So, yes, the uh, Viking Raiders, as they're known as uh, as of right now, make it to almost the ring and are ambushed by the Usos out of nowhere. In fact, after the Usos blast both of them and Ivar and Eric are both laying on the ground, the Usos pick up Ivar because he's way bigger than Eric and the two of them pick him up and slam him on top of Eric decimating Eric match. Doesn't happen. The Usos leave with their music playing as they're doing the number one. I don't know. They're, they're doing like this thing to whatever. And uh, they got the titles and they walk out. Bell never rang. Match never happened, but technically we won. (laughs) Because the Usos retained. (laughs) Next piece on the agenda for uh, this show. A four or five minute promo on Seth Rollins. Sorry. Sorry. Seth freaking Rollins. Because you got to have that in there. (laughs) Then it's time for the men's elimination chamber. This one featuring the likes of WWE champion Bobby Lashley, because uh last week, two weeks ago, whenever it was, Adam Pearce decided to put Lashley into this Elimination Chamber match and have this match be for the WWE championship. So interesting swerve there. So the champion, Bobby Lashley in there. Then Seth Rollins, which of course is, partially why they had the promo before the match, Matt Riddle in this match, bro, he's like, bro, what, what if, bro, I could, uh, be the, uh, bro, uh, WWE champion. Like, Whoa, bro, bro, right on. Interesting. Uh, AJ styles. And then the dark horse in this match, Austin theory, who, entered technically he was the first entrant to uh, start the match and Seth Rollins was the second entrant to start the match but in the way that they entered uh, let, let me see Austin Theory was the fourth person to actually enter you know, in the uh, the order, right? And he went around taking selfies of himself and himself with people in the pods. And I'm like, I hope you get the shit beat out of you because this is absolutely stupid. You because know, that uh, gimmick was already done. It was already I was, done.
0: I was about to say, Kidder, uh, that gimmick was better done by Tyler Breeze. Yeah.
1: Like, that was actually funny and decent right the selfie stick with the the fur boa wrapped around it and everything like that was funny
0: well it was it was funny and he uh it was in how he presented it as this that he was this fashion model and like an instagram-esque star you know i mean it was just Mm -hmm. it was very well done and it played into his character in a in a really nice way but yeah it's there's been a couple of comments about how austin theory has basically stolen tyler breeze's gimmick even i think Mm -hmm. bailey called him out on it
1: so (laughs) that's kind of funny i think uh, tyler breeze's music was called "Mm, gorgeous as well if i remember Mm. but Mm -hmm. side note aside Uh, I have no idea what Tyler Breeze's music is called because I couldn't even identify it because I skip over it every time I see him come out. Uh, Before we get into talking about this match, uh, again, with the entrances, Lashley came out first and had some pyro set up uh, right along the LED boards. So he would come out, stand in the middle, and then... It was kind of like the Dudleys, if you remember, or even DX back in the day where the pyro lines and then it would shoot either out or inward toward there. It was some weak ass pyro. So I don't know if it just didn't go off right or it just sucked, but it was stupid looking and there's like no reason for part of it. Uh, Then uh, AJ Styles was the second person to come out to the ring. Riddle was third. He uh the note for him when he came into the ring, as you know, when he flips over the ropes, he always shoots the sandals or flip flops. If you were to uh, call them flip flops, shoots them out like into the crowd. Well, he jumped over the rope and the flip flops planted. And so when he jumped, the sandals were still in the same spot and he just splashed his feet out and then he's like whoa <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen a live premium event from, from Saudi Arabia then uh, Austin Theory came to the ring and like I said did the selfie thing and uh, Lesnar was the last person to enter the Elimination Chamber an interesting note is that this even though the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view has been around for 20 years now. This is Lesnar's first actual Elimination Chamber match. So, kind of thought that was uh, that was interesting. Alright, my pick to win this, Brock Lesnar. Our bonus question, how many suplexes, as in the German suplex, will Brock Lesnar dish out in this match as the bonus question for this. For that, I had nine. How we blues out of, uh, all of that with the, the shitty pyro and the shitty flip flops, not flying and everything else. What's your, your prediction for this match?
0: You know, I think I got to go Lesnar on this. I don't know how you, uh, how you don't pick him in this unless you're going to do some screwy finish which I mean we really haven't had the DraftKings
1: screwy finish of the night so this could be it uh, it was a finish before it started the the between this match yeah Um,
0: but I uh, uh number of suplexes um, one moment
1: <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have laughed because then we could watch uh his room glow with all of the strobe lighting and and everything that he's got that special effect lighting it would have been cool but uh tell you what what I'll do for howie blues there I'm making up for it I'm making up for for you because well I laughed and so the camera switched over to me so we couldn't see you doing what you were doing there and watch the bitch and lighting effects so there yeah. there's the the light okay so we're so, we're done so. let me switch back to the elimination chamber lighting okay yeah yeah so kidder I, I'm holding a 20-sided die here uh
0: I'm gonna let this decide how many uh how many suplexes uh for Brock Lesnar so we'll get a roll uh three is what I have so I'm gonna go with three suplexes from Lesnar I'm probably not
1: going to get that point. Uh, <clears throat> bold move, Cotton. <laughs> All right. But I like your style, damn it. I, I should go in my drawer and get my, my green D20 and do that for the next one. Both of us. How many? Ah, that many. All right. So as we start off this uh, match... First of all, uh, Rollins and Austin Theory are the first two to uh, compete. The crowd was singing Rollins, however his music goes. And so he was doing the whole, you know, like he does in his entrance. So Austin Theory starts, and then Rollins again, and Austin Theory again, like... This is a live premium event. Thanks for tuning in. So the first thing I noticed aside from the stupidity happening there was, uh, and I noticed it in in the women's match, but I I guess they spent more time on the outer edge of the chamber than the center. So with this, them starting in the center, there's a, a really annoying shadow from the top portion of the elimination chamber because the lighting doesn't get through because it's solid, right? So what they, they I don't know, it really need to do is either add some LED strips on the inside so then you can have extra lighting inside, but the lighting in the center of the ring was terrible. You could see a lot of shadowing and it was hard to see in comparison to the outer edges. <clears throat> so Again, this is where uh, Michael Cole threw out the statistic of if you start in the one or two spot that you have a less than 12% chance of winning the Elimination Chamber. Interesting. Uh, Rollins threw Austin Theory on a buckle bomb, which threw him through the pod that Lashley was in and destroyed Lashley. Basically, uh, Rollins grabbed Austin Theory and threw him out. And Lashley's like, oh, he's just dead in there. And then the officials came in and carried him out of the chamber. And, uh, of course, you're going, all right, that's that's interesting. Riddle was the uh, third person to be in the match there. Uh Again, as they were, this is when they were evaluating Lashley and then picked him up and medical helped him out. So <clears throat> after Lashley left the uh, pod and the match there was carried out, Lesnar sitting there in the corner and is getting pissed or patient, impatient, I don't know. <laughs> He kicks the damn plexiglass out of the side of the pod and enters himself and starts kicking the shit out of everybody. Um as Lesnar was kicking the uh the plexiglass out, Michael Cole is we got breaking news, we got breaking news. Oh uh, uh, Lesnar just he just kicked the plexiglass out of there! We got breaking news, uh, 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 Hold on. I'm like Michael Cole. Calm down, dude. We know Lesnar's going to do something crazy. So the breaking news is that Bobby Lashley was quickly evaluated and put under concussion protocol and would not return to the match. Meaning that one of the people who were in the elimination chamber would then become WWE champion. Hmm. All right. So Lesnar starts wiping house with people first eliminates Seth Rollins, then eliminates Riddle, then eliminates AJ Styles, leaving Austin Theory and again, Brock Lesnar. So <laughs> Theory realizes he's the last son of a bitch in the match and starts doing one of these, looking around, going, hell shit. Son of a bitch jumps up onto the <laughs> onto the chamber and thinks that this is like Hell in a Cell or a cage match, not Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is the top on it. So he thinks it's a cage match and he's trying to climb out of the damn thing. <clears throat> so he gets up to about where the top of one of the pods would be. And he starts pulling himself through the holes in the chain link. Well, Lesnar crawls up there, grabs him, pulls him back, and they're on top of a pod. Uh, Yeah, Uh, so this is where Brock Lesnar... Again, being the, the force that he is, as I'm going to my my other notes, this uh oh oh I gotta back up to this one because again, a high note here, but backing up to another high note. When Lesnar came in to the uh ring where the pods are and everything, he walked up to Bobby Lashley's pod and uh blew the hot air on the pod so it would steam up. And then drew an X across his face. Brilliant. Just wanted to, <clears throat> just wanted to throw that out there. So again, brilliant. So here is uh, again where we are in the uh, last portion of it, where uh, it's just Austin Theory and Brock Lesnar. Before he tries to get up there, Lesnar gave a German suplex to Austin Theory on the platform, the hard part where the ring isn't, so I just wanted to mention that. Austin Theory does the low blow and a drop kick uh, and a DDT for the near fall, and then this is where Theory climbs up to the chamber and tries to get out. Lesnar, again, grabs him, and they're on top of the pod, puts him up into the F5. F5's the son of a bitch off the pod onto the hard part around. I'm like... Oh, that's got to hurt. He like half landed on his feet, though, just how he was thrown. So, I mean, good for him, but he could have, you know, broken an ankle, twisted an ankle, knee, whatever the case was. So Lesnar comes down, grabs him. One, two, three. Brock Lesnar is your new WWE champion. And with that. Yes, that was kind of crazy there at the end. Lesnar versus Reigns at WrestleMania six weeks from today or tomorrow or yesterday, whichever day you're watching or listening to this, if it's near February 19th. I also checked on this before we started recording this. It is again, Roman Reigns, Universal Champion versus Brock Lesnar. WWE champion winner take all. So, I am I am really hoping they merge these belts again and it is just a WWE champion and then that champion floats between both shows, there's championship opportunities and other programs opened up for more people and it's really a bigger program than, well, this person's headed for 534 days and they're unstoppable. Well, you're not unstoppable if everybody's coming for you. So that match, by the way, was 14 minutes, 55 seconds. The first elimination a- again. Uh, well, Bobby Lashley doesn't officially have an end time because he was never officially entered into the match with his pod opening because I think he was supposed to be the last one to enter being the champion. Uh, not a hundred percent certain on that, but didn't have a time where he entered, uh, the time that Rollins was in the match, nine minutes, 50 seconds riddle shortly thereafter, 10 minutes, five seconds, AJ styles, 11 minutes, even and Austin theory at 1455. So there is your WWE elimination chamber. Did I mention that I picked Lesnar on that? I don't you remember did. if I did, but I picked Lesnar. You did. So your thoughts
0: on that one. Uh, uh, you know, sounds like it was a pretty good match, and truthfully, it was probably the only match on the card that I was somewhat interested in seeing. Um, so might be one that I maybe seek out later to, to try and, and watch it. So, um, but yeah, that was the only match I was really kind of interested in on this. I mean, it's the pay-per-view before mania. Um, and usually it's only really great if it's for setting up the challengers for the titles that didn't get picked from the Royal rumble is really what it's best for. Um, so it's kind of some interesting spin with this. Uh, did you get the uh, the count? How many suplexes did Lesnar throw?
1: One. <laughs> it was very disappointing. Only the one on Austin theory. I'm like, man, you couldn't have thrown eight more,
0: <laughs> or just two, just two. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. Not not today. Today was not our day for a bonus point. Yeah. So it is what it is onward to the two day festival of WrestleMania. As we nearly conclude this special coverage of WWE's live premium event of elimination chamber, yep. your, uh, your scoreboard, sir.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, even though uh, for those watching on YouTube, you get to see the scoreboard live updates as it goes. uh, I did keep track, Kidder, uh, as we went. Uh, You finished with your predictions for the Elimination Chamber with, get this, this is a good number, with seven correct. So a very nice, very nice showing from Kidder. But not as nice as the eight points that I scored, so I beat you by one, <laughs> hmm. and uh, and it was is basically because I had Bel Air. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly, we had the same picks uh, throughout, so Bel Air is what gives me the win. Um, but you know that's that does say something, Kidder, about why the show before WrestleMania is not always the best. I mean, you missed one match. I missed none. The only thing I missed was the number of
1: suplexes, which uh, was done by a die roll. So, mm-hmm. and it's a bonus question anyway. That one, uh, right? That one's right. truly up in the air. Truly, right. <laughs> and you know, so- I I was thinking Bel Air on that as well. You know, like all, everything that you mentioned in your analytics of what you should choose, who you should choose. I went through as well and the program and I, I just went out on the limb of Alexa bliss and
0: yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, in the history of us doing predictions, there have been times where I think both of us have uh, made picks, not because we truly think that the person uh, was going to win, but we just like them and would, it was kind of more like we're wishing I would rather see this person win, so I'm picking them, even though I will lose the point. But, I mean, as I said, it, it says something when uh, I have a perfect score and you have a near-perfect score. I mean, missing one uh, it tells you something about what this event was and such. So, I, overall, I'm not, uh, not disappointed that I missed it. As I said, there's only really one match that kind of interested me, and I can always go and check that out. Uh, when I have time, if I ever have time and if
1: I ever do care uh to <laughs> if, to take that effort. If anything, what I would say is look for the two clips. Number one, madcap Moss getting the Alabama slam onto his head. And number two, Brock Lesnar f 5 Austin theory off the top of the pod. <laughs> or maybe even adding in watching, uh, Austin theory get thrown through the plexiglass on top of Bobby Lashley. Yeah, just, you know, there's two minutes of your day, (laughs) save you, save you from the, uh, I closed it, the, the total runtime of the show from watching that. But again, WrestleMania coming up here in six short weeks and we'll have that exclusive two day coverage that nobody else is doing right here on Beer Blues and BS, because that's what we do is give you the wrestling news that you maybe wanted to know. Closing yeah. thoughts, how we blues. blues?
0: Uh, I, I don't know that I have anything more that I could pontificate on beyond what I've already said. The old uh, vocal cords are screaming at me, which tells me, Kidder, that we've been talking for quite a while, and it is probably
1: time to wrap this thing up and time to get more beer amen but amen absolutely so before we go i just wanted to share that uh if you may remember me talking a while ago about uh, aew joining in on the upper deck e-cards and uh when cm punk debuted They had uh, the exclusive e-card available, and then the next week they had the Adam Cole card, and I think they've had a a few others. But the physical cards were finally available to actually receive. So I received my exclusive AEW CM Punk card. There it goes into focus. So uh, a nice little card card. Uh, right here with a couple of the, the seals on there, and then on the back, there's a you know, a quick read on it about uh, his debut on August 20th, 2021, in Chicago. So, I know this is a WWE show that we are talking about, but <coughs> there's a former WWE wrestler and uh, kind of a neat little thing to have in the collector's field. So, yes, that's the rest of our special coverage for Elimination Chamber. As always, please visit us online at BeerBluesBS.com. Again, BeerBluesBS.com. And uh, you can follow us on all of the platforms right there from YouTube to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We are uh, also on, uh, well, pretty much any audio platform. And then, of course, YouTube, as I mentioned. We're also on Facebook. We'd love for you to join us on the show there and, and uh, give us some comments. Give us some feedback. Even right here, wherever you are watching or listening to this, drop us some notes in the comments, you know, How did you do? What were your predictions on this show? We'd love to hear your feedback and get involved with the show because that's what this is all about. Having some fun, getting the good brothers together and uh, having some tasty beverages along the way. So for my brother, my broadcast partner, Howard Blues, I am the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. Thanks for joining us for this special coverage of WWE Elimination Chamber 2022, the 20th anniversary of that their show live premium events just craziness so for this episode thanks again for joining us make sure your glasses at least half full and there's free beer tomorrow and of course we will join you again for another episode more detailed analysis as we continue on down the old dusty Tuscan highway we'll see you on the next one
0: You have been listening to a U.A. production of Beer, Blues, and B.S. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty.